welcome to Cinemaholics. Uh, we have a special early episode. We're doing. We usually record the show a little bit later in the week, but this, this is kind of a fun little hybrid bonus episode. How about that? Uh, I'm John Agroni from San Francisco, and of course, the young folks and school awards watch, all that fun stuff. Will Ashton here is here as well, pop culture writer for Cinema Blind. Hey there. And we have a special guest. She is an entertainment and health reporter, the Desert Sun, and a contributor to Next Best Picture. Welcome to Cinemaholics for the first time, Emma Sasek. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on and, and talking about a movie yeah. that I think is going to it's gonna run us over, that's for sure. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> we're talking about Titan, and we want to make sure the list, because our listeners are very, they're a sensitive bunch, right? We don't like to scare them. We don't like to spring new guests on them. This is how it is. But... We thought like, okay, well, let's let's get Emma in on this so people can be like, who is this person and can we trust her? Is she awesome? Uh, so Emma, we were going to ask you a question. I already kind of gave you a little bit of a heads up, a little bit of a warning. I didn't want to completely put you on the spot, but since we are talking about a movie that has to do with cars and uh, a romantic movie about cars, if you will, what what is like a, a fan favorite car related movie that you really, really love? Maybe it's like, I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure or if it's something you wish more people liked, but just, you know, what's one you want to shout out to kind of let the listeners know this is who I am. Well, I believe that Herbie Fully Loaded was just totally snubbed at the Oscars starring of course. who should have been Academy Award winner, Lindsay Lohan. Love the movie. It has brought me so many near and dear childhood memories. It's been a long, long time since I've watched this movie. It came out in 2005, but yeah. I just remember it being a good time. So that is my pick for tonight. <laughs> there we go. I saw that in the theater. Uh, oh, really? Wow. I, I did. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see in theaters, but I remember the lead up to the film, I became obsessed for like six months with the Herbie movies. Like I saw them all. I was like mm. weirdly just very like adamant about getting to know Herbie. You're a Herbie completionist in 2005. I need to know everything. I remember because I was like 14-ish when this movie was coming out. And uh, there were three movies in 2005. I remember me and the playground kids, you know, the you know the, the Lynchburg, Virginia boys and I, we were we were looking at three movies and we were arguing what's going to be the big hit of the year. Is it going to be The Pacifier, Sky High, or Herbie Fully Loaded? That was what was on our minds. And I did not say Herbie Fully Loaded. Sorry. I... Since you mentioned it, I do really love Sky High. That was a great time. That's what I picked. I was like, that's the movie. That's going to get everybody talking. Another movie that lost the Oscar that year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Those three movies, which one is the most like pop culturally remembered? Like, what, What's the one that you think most people remember between those three? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. No, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you either. I guess, I don't know. Sky, Sky High, I feel like it's associated with a lot of good childhood memories just because it was... I mean, it's superhero. They were the original Avengers. That's the whole idea behind the Avengers. Sky High. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter superheroes. I mean, that was that was what I came to see, and I yeah. got it. So, but we're not talking about Sky High or superheroes, or not even Herbie Fully Loaded, but close to it. We're talking about Titan. Which, uh, apologies, listeners, I know like we finally started pronouncing it correctly last week, but Will and I have been all over the map in terms of this movie. As you all know, our French pronunciation could use a remedial class for sure. We've been calling it Titani, Titane, it's been ridiculous, but yeah. it's Titan. I, I mean, yeah, I feel bad for all the times we call it Tintin. 
to confuse our <laughs> listeners. The adventure zone. We got we got the listeners excited. It's like, oh, they're yeah. gonna cover that movie finally. Tintin, yeah. Tintin two. <laughs> Where is Tintin two? I don't I don't know how to tell you this. Hugh role, Jackson but. was supposed to make that. Oh, we'll have to have a conversation after the show. I don't want to ruin your spirits right now, but. Here's something that'll boost your mood, Will Ashton. This is a new film written and directed by Julia Ducourneau. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But she she directed a film that you really liked called Raw from a few years yes. ago. Yeah. In my top three for 2017, if I'm not mistaken. You said top five the last time we talked about it. It's moving up. I looked it up. I put it in my top three. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. thanks for thanks for fact checking. Yeah. I love it. Big fan of that film. I, I liked that film better the second time. I don't know if I ever told you when I watched it. Oh, you it saw again. it twice? I did. I, well, I, I rewatched it like a year. I was like during the pandemic. Uh, I think it was after one of our, you know, world famous arguments about that movie. Sure. And I was like, I'll show him. I'll watch it again, and I'll have the same opinion. Then I was like, Ah, oh, this is this is low key pretty good. And I didn't want to tell you because I was embarrassed. I was going to ask Emma if you liked it. Yeah, I only watched it once. Uh, I did really enjoy it, but it's one of those movies where one and done. You're just kind of like, all right. I've seen all I've ever needed to see for that. Thank you. Goodbye. That was a fun yeah. time. And I'm going to try to go to sleep. <laughs> I had a stomach ache. I have stomach aches during these movies. I have to like fast before I watch a Duke and Earth film. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. That's how you I know was, it has a, an impact. Yeah. I was actually reading an interview of hers uh, recently and she was talking about like the provocative stuff in her movies. Just like, I don't know. I mean, like, like for this movie, it's like, yeah, there are like two scenes in this that are kind of hard to watch, but. I don't know. I think they're fine. <laughs> like, yeah, I, she's think, a, I think she just has a she's strong hardcore. stomach or something. Yeah, she, yeah. To her, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like she, she puts her hand on the stove. She doesn't feel anything. And she's curious why people make a big fuss. So. Well, I mean, she knows how they were made. So, I mean, maybe she's just like, yeah, you know, why is everyone being a baby? This is this is fun. Uh, you know? It's either that or she knows. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like she does know that people have that reaction. And it's what she sets out to do. And I respect that. But let's get it. Let's get in the center. What is this movie? So... Tatan, as we said, she wrote and directed this film. And I, I kind of looked this up because there have been like reviews popping around about this movie. And I've been so curious because it is one of those movies. Like after I watched it, I was like, I got I have to hear it from the horse's mouth. I mean, Julia Ducourneau, what, what's going on? Like, where did this come from? Apparently, she had like a fever dream at one point where she had a and I won't actually give away what the fever dream is because it kind of spoils part of this movie. But it does have to do with this uh, kind of automobile erotic fantasy sort of thing and an extension of that idea and if that doesn't really make any sense i i guess i could paint like the beginning of this movie is like we meet this this young woman um after like a cold open and everything who just seems to have this like connection to cars that makes her like i don't know uh act a certain way i, I again i'm not sure how much to give away here uh the main character is played by Agat Roussel. And I, I know like literally right before this, I, we were like looking up videos of pronunciations and I'm already losing it. So I want to I turn it over to Emma because I think Emma, you'll probably do a better job of all the pronunciations. But uh, what, what is Tatan about? And uh, what, did, what did you think after you watched this movie? Like after it ended, like what was your just, what was your immediate reaction? Sure. Do we want to start a little bit with that cold open or should we kind of leave that as a mystery to people? I think, I don't, what do you think, Will? I, I, I think we could say like she gets in, she gets injured in a car accident, right? Yeah. I mean, the head brace is like a big key component of the marketing mm -hmm. and like that was like the first major still. So I think that's fair to say. I mean, if you don't want to specify how that happens, you can be vague, yeah. but I think that's fair. 
Sure. So our uh, young heroine, she was involved in an automobile accident when she was younger, which, you know, may explain some of those connections that she may have with cars. Uh, But we see her as like a late teenager in her 20s, woman who is, uh, she's involved in those car shows where, you know, women are kind of all over the cars, really showing them off. Um, They're in quite revealing outfits. Um, So we see that she's a type of performer. And, uh, you know, she has, she attracts some fans who, you know, to their I don't really know what to say in terms of that. They they learn a different side of Alexis. Is that her name? Is that her character's name? Alexia, excuse me. Alexia. Uh, the fans learn a different side of Alexia once they get to meet her in person. Um, but there's just this unbelievable connection that she has to automobiles, which leads to one of the most wild scenes that you may ever see in a movie. Um, and if you have seen Raw, you <laughs> know some of the things that Julia uh, Ducourneau is capable of doing with characters but I feel like this kind of tops it in terms of like the wow factor and things that you can just imagine and then from that point on I know that the trailer really kind of kept things quiet in terms of this film but we kind of get to see Alexia go on a journey that involves um you know, relationships, connecting with other people around her, more specifically um, Vincent Linden's character, who we meet later on in the film. Uh, and, you know, I, I I really try going into this movie knowing as little as possible, and I feel like that's the best way to treat a Julia Ducournay joint, uh, if you will. So I was honestly in, in on the ride for the entire time. I, like... I squealed and I gasped and uh, one writer who is uh, who contributes to Next Best Picture with me, he and I were watching it together and he heard some very interesting sounds coming out of my mouth when a lot of crazy <laughs> scenes were happening. <laughs> so uh, I was fully invested in this film and, um, you know, it's it's wild. It's definitely a fever dream you know julia de Cournay had a fever dream herself this film is a fever dream in and of itself but i think you have to give her a lot of credit for the creative juices that she has flowing i i question what this woman eats and drinks and what a daily like what a day-to-day basis looks like for her in order for her to think of these crazy ideas. Um, But I definitely give her a lot of credit for seeing it through. I feel like this is the movie that she intended on making and she truly made a hell of a movie out of it. And um, the lead actress, Agatha Roussel, is just brilliant. She doesn't have many lines in the film but I feel like she says and does so much in this movie and through every sequence that we see her in so I I was very very you know captured by this film and I just remember the car drive home was like just I was just sitting there in silence kind of trying to think back to everything that I'd just seen trying to process it but it was a wild time and I think I think it'll be divisive for a lot of people but I know that I really enjoyed it. Oh, so extremely divisive. I didn't want to be in a car right after I watched this movie. I was too scared. Yeah, probably not the best idea. Who can trust cars? (laughs) (laughs) No wonder you were sitting in silence. I don't know what I would have done. Um, Did you see this on the big screen? I did, yes. Okay. So nobody saw it at a drive-in. 
Nobody saw it in the drive-in, not me at least. <laughs> I can't imagine the drive-in that would play this. Um, also, I personally, I want to believe that Julia Durkinow, like her daily life is like play some Candyland, you know, it's like actually like super generic, you know, even though she makes these movies, she's like goes to the dollar store one day. Watches like a Disney movie. Yeah, she <laughs> watches like the Avengers or something. It's just like, what an interesting use of that color palette, I, you know. Yeah, so Will, I, well, I have no idea what you think of this movie, Will. You just watched it. I know you saw it on the big screen just today. So you're, you're yes. fresher on this movie than two of us. I saw it at home mm-hmm. uh, last week. And I imagine if like Emma's like sort of in the front seat, she's just like taking this movie in stride, loving it. I'm, I'm cringing in the back seat. I'm just like, I got my seatbelt on more than once, if that even makes sense. I, I can't even look. Uh, but where, where are you in the car? Uh, I'm... Definitely about it. I mean, I knew going into it that I probably wouldn't have the exact same reaction that I had to Raw, in that Raw had the surprise factor that this movie just wouldn't have because um, not only was had I seen Raw, but there was the expectations with it winning the Palm Day Or and getting all this acclaim and Neon giving it a wide release, which I think that's probably the thing that surprised me the most is seeing this in AMC theater. It's just like so wow to me that this got like a fairly wide release i mean not like in like every uh city and every theater but like enough to where like I, i'm impressed that uh neon has full faith in this film and it really went all out with this release it's very exciting to me um but yeah i mean i definitely was all about it the only bad thing for me is that i uh i feel like i am still processing the film as emma mentioned like i having just seen the film i i imagine my thoughts will be uh broader and a little bit more uh expansive uh a day or so from today or you know obviously like a week or a month from now when i can really think and chew on this film more but uh just my first initial out of the theater reaction is just uh very positive i mean it just i i love how much uh energy and enthusiasm that uh how you pronounce her name julia um i, I want to make sure i don't do yeah yeah i mean it just it's so it's just so wonderful to see a filmmaker who just full throttle just goes uh all out in this movie is uh, no pun intended there uh just really like has a clear vision really is bold and uh provocative in what she wants to do and say as a filmmaker using these expansive metaphors but saying a lot more something very dense and compact as she did with uh raw as well i mean i i feel like almost describing it was just like body horror films cheapens what she's trying to do i know she mentioned as much in the interview that i was talking about with you earlier where it just feels like she um, she clearly has a lot she wants to say with these films, and she uses these uh, old ideas to communicate stuff that's very human and present and raw and tender. And uh, I think that's no exception here. I think she only gets more confident as a filmmaker with this film. And I love that she, like you were mentioning before, has more of a cerebral dream-esque uh, vision here. Like it's not that the raw was like super connected to reality, but it feels like this one is more peace with uh like we were saying before like her vision what she wanted to do making a film that is so striking and unique to her style and her vision and uh yeah i mean i hope i have more uh more concrete things to say later but for now i'm just coming out of it very enthused and uh very <laughs> yeah. excited for what she has in store you're, as, a, you're still as an on upcoming the road. filmmaker yeah you're, exactly you're yeah. still working on it yeah you'll get there i <laughs> um i'm so i'm so curious like were you two like stressed out during this movie because i was kind of stressed out because like and, and not in a bad way or anything like for me this movie yeah it's like a body horror movie but i think related to as i mentioned before when i rewatched raw i think what made me understand that movie a little bit better understand the uh, positives of that movie a bit better i should say is that 
I think Julia Durkin knows kind of to what you're saying, Will, about the body horror thing. It's more like she's trying to say that human beings are, you don't need body horror. Like we're, we're horrible. We, we are just like humans just do and act and say and, and act like monsters, like little monsters. And you don't need horror or supernatural, anything like that to make the point of it. So I kind of like how in this movie, the whole time, everything that I'm seeing that is just so whoa and out there, it doesn't even really compare to how I feel when something super violent happens like totally removed from any of that stuff, if that makes any sense. Like that's what I've been kind of chewing on. And I, I also really appreciate that this is a horror movie about these themes and has it has these messages, but it's not like super religious about it. I think we get so many movies that are about like horror and like the connections between horror and religion, which is totally great. But I think we get an overabundance of that almost. This is like a, a way more secular and humanistic take on horror, which I think we we could use a lot more of because there's a lot to say in that respect. But yeah, I was stressed out. <laughs> Emma, you've had more time with this movie. I mean, what what did you think of like the two performances here? Because the two main ones, um, we've kind of already talked about Agat Roussel and, and Vincent Linden and how he kind of shows up in this movie and the movie kind of like changes. We don't want to say anything too specific there, but I, I was kind of feeling at times like whose movie is this and is that the right question to ask what do you think i've heard that argument too where you know it's it, it, it definitely is a very different movie from what we're starting off with um versus what kind of what direction we go toward and sometimes i was you know questioning alexia's motivations and really trying to understand what is at the root of everything that she's doing in this film um but yes i did feel a lot of stress for pretty much anybody who got in her way slash, you know, was at all connected to her. Um, we see sometimes how she treats fans. We see how she treats, you know, people that she may be interested in pursuing intimately. We see how she has, like, how her relationships are with uh, fathers and father figures, whoever it may be, mother figures in her life. So it's just, she's just a really bad person to have in your life. I think that's the best way to put it. She brings a lot of stress and a lot of chaos into people's lives. And I know I felt that. I mean, like I said, I was really like cringing and gasping at a lot of things that were going on. Um, but, you know, also to your point about like the body horror, you know, I guess just what makes these things so horrific is the fact that, you know, there aren't crazy special effects that are happening here in terms of like, you know, when you think of a movie that is so full of special effects, like crazy bodies exploding or, you know, things of that nature, like that stuff is crazy. But a lot of the things that we're seeing in this film are all kind of based in reality and what happens on a daily basis, uh, unfortunately, and like a lot of the scenes that we see in here. So I just feel like the fact that this film is rooted in reality in some ways, aside from kind of the big spoiler that we don't want to talk about, um, I, that just made me so stressed out too, because I'm like, oh my God, this is stuff that happens to people. This is stuff that could happen to anybody. And, you know, that hairpin is very <laughs> big part of all of that so you know that that stressed me out and just seeing her go through this journey that she eventually goes through with Vincent Linden's character and their two lives getting um intertwined in a way and 
some secrets that are being kept during that time, you know, just all of that, it keeps you on, on the edge of your seat the entire time. And you're just kind of like holding your breath, wondering what's about to happen to either person. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I, I had like a very weird thought while I was watching this where I was like, this feels like a director's first film to me. And I'm not saying that to be negative or anything. I, cause it just has so many ideas. Like sometimes you watch a movie from a director and it's their first time making a movie and it almost feels like, uh, I've heard Alonzo Duraldi say this a lot. Uh, he's, he's kind of mentioned how like sometimes it just feels like it's stuffed because the director's not sure they're going to make another movie. So they're like, I got to put in all this stuff. I, I had the exact opposite reaction. I felt like this was very much a sophomore feature because mm. the first film of hers, like, it was just like, all right, I just want to prove myself. I want to just show what I can do. And it does really well. It's like, oh, okay, you guys like this? And it's like, well, I have all these ideas. And it's like, you're, you're obviously, like, she's emboldened because she, you know, got so much praise for her first film, but also just like, she has the the confidence to kind of do different things and experiment. So I, I got to push back on that. I actually feel like this is, very much I think it could be both effort. in a way. It, will, it, will, it sounds like you agree that she could be doing that sort of thing, but for different motivations, I guess. But I, I guess, guess that's why yeah. I had that thought. Because it, it tends to be that directors do that on the first film. But I, I think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. So I, I also, I was struggling a bit to be like, okay, what is she trying to say? And I was confused by certain things in this movie. And I think a thing to remember is that, I don't, I don't even know if we mentioned this, but it is a French film. And I think I, think I got to you a point. You don't say I know, right? <laughs> if you haven't seen the trailer, but I, I think there is an element to this that like, it can be hard uh, for us Americans, you know, to like, really identify. I think this movie is very much specific. Like, this is like, I think Dirk Renaud is saying, and I think this is what she is saying. Like, this is what it's like to be a French woman right now. And I think it's probably extremely different from, you know, her take on like European culture versus kind of what it's like to be a woman in America right now. So I think that's why I think like a lot of the hyper violence and a lot of like the imagery and, and stuff that happens throughout this film happens the way it does. But that's just my theory on it. Emma, you really liked it. Like you really liked this movie, but would I you did. watch this one again? Like you kind of said we were one undone on Raw, but what about this? I think I would watch this one again. I think it would take me a little bit of time, though, to get to it, um, just because there are some very shocking things that you see in here. And usually I like to, you know, pat myself on the back as saying, like, I'm a big horror person, so not a lot of things can, you know, scare me and jump scares don't get to me. But yeah, this is definitely quite violent. Um, not too crazy for my liking but you know it still kind of got me to like cringe and be like oh my god what is the, what the hell is happening right now um but i gotcha. would I, I would definitely try to see this again i think um you know it does take a little bit of time for us to really understand what the film is about and i think at the end um you know i think it i think it really heavily does focus on relationships that um you know people have with certain people and, um, you know, forming bonds, whether they're conventional or unconventional bonds. I think that's one of the main um, themes that comes through, at least for me here, uh, for me here. Um, and also stay away from cars. That's also my lesson <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this movie is going to be like dissected and analyzed for a long time. I mean, there's all sorts of things in here that you know, we, we could, we could talk about all day in terms of like, 
um, what this what this movie like allegories this movie has about um, transgenderism. You know, you could put stuff like that into it. You could. Um, there's all kinds of nuances, like the fact that like the idea of being titanium. Like, what does that mean? And I I don't know. I I'm still kind of I'm chewing on it still, and I can't wait to read more and more about the movie as we kind of proceed. I don't think this will be like a big words movie necessarily, except for maybe some like independent spirits awards or things like that. But pretty soon we'll get into what the critical reaction is. But what do you th- what do you uh, think, Will? Well, I'm curious about that because if it did win the Palm d'Or, it does have a better than decent chance of being nominated for best foreign language film at the Oscars. That's Not true. To make this an awards thing, but I don't know. I mean, I I mean, you know, if they don't nominate it, I mean, I don't know what the other nominees will be at this point. But I think it would be their loss. Like it's, uh, I mean, watching this and Raw, I can't imagine watching these films and not having a reaction, good or bad though it may be like I, just, I don't feel like you can watch your films and not have some sort of like provoked reaction watching these so um you know whether that plays into the the favor of a the film's uh, potential awards consideration or not um i guess it's neither here nor there but uh, i think this one is obviously going to blow up her profile in a big way and like i said i'm really excited to see where she goes from here yeah this is definitely not like a flop for her no, I'm really excited to see what other ideas she has. Um, I'd kind of like to also just see like her do a quote-unquote more normal movie, <laughs> although it doesn't <laughs> seem like that's her style. And you know, like I said, she really is such a creative mind, and she's doing things that you know we don't see a whole lot of other directors doing and going in a certain direction. So I think that makes it fun. I think that's what makes her films so enjoyable. So she's totally deserving of all praise that is coming her way and hopefully we'll see what happens with the rest of this uh, award season i know we're just about to get started with it soon enough i will yeah, work hard was... with the two of you to make sure marvel does not call her we'll we'll interfere with oh, all of no. the incoming oh, don't we'll, need that every event where somebody if kevin feige comes up to her will you you take care of that sure i'll cover her six um <laughs> but no i was uh to emma's point i was thinking about how um ari aster after he made midsummer yeah. was like he was just like you know what i'm just gonna do a romantic comedy after this like not jokingly i think he was just like yeah you know like i did two very intense stressful films maybe i just want to do something goofy and lighthearted next like i wouldn't be surprised if uh if she said the same thing just like yeah i just want to make like a nice sweet you know movie about people in a cottage or something i imagine it would take a turn but yeah and honestly i did think about him when i was thinking about you know other directors who kind of go go there with their films so i'm glad that you brought him up yeah, I was thinking of Cronenberg a bit, and I think. Um, oh yeah, Cronenberg's a big sure. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the thing, like, and I was also thinking of like, man, you know, Duke Renault, is she going to be like the next Claire Denis? You know, she's just going to like always like have this reputation for always doing her own thing. You know, just being this director who every movie she makes is one of a kind and doesn't compromise, um, but also stretches boundaries. I mean, her one of her most recent films, High Life, was such a like you know, excellent sci-fi film was something so different from what she'd done before. And that's what I want from this director more and more. So I'm happy to see the big difference already because Ra and Titan are just so different. Like you could tell, like they have the director's stamp on them. Like there is connective tissue between the two movies, but wow, are they so different, you know, and in so many other relevant ways. So I think that's really cool as well. All right. So it sounds like the three of us recommend this movie and, and, you know, it's hard to say who, to recommend this movie for i do think this is a case where like i think we've kind of gotten across like this is not for the pain of heart <laughs> you know if you're unsure about watching the movie this might be one of those cases we're watching the trailer might be good to sort of help set your expectations um but you know obviously if you're like a cinephile if you feel like, like you really want to see 
the most avant-garde cutting edge cinema of the year this is definitely this definitely should be on your list in my opinion and i don't want to assume that for the two of you but uh definitely interrupt me if you disagree but let's play our, our little game emma so so will and i play a game every week here on cinemaholics where we try to guess the rotten tomato score and i, I didn't want to like you know warn you about this because you know I, I get the temptation to be like all right well maybe i'll just Maybe I'll just uh, scroll down in this webpage here and see what the Rotten Tomatoes score is and impress all the Cinemaholics listeners. But I don't even know, Emma, if you, have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie yet? No, I haven't, actually. I've been, you know, I kind of have been not avoiding stuff after I've seen this movie. I've been keeping up with a few interviews, but not looking in terms of what the general broader audience has been saying. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to break that for you. Sorry. Um, but part of our game is, uh, guessing what the score is and Will Will thinks he's pretty good at this game and I'll, I'll, I'll give him this much. He does better than, than most, I think. But, uh, yeah. So you're just going to call a number anywhere in the Rotten Tomato meter and let's see what happens. And we'll also do the audience score too. I did look it up and there's no cinema score. So sorry, we can't, we're not going to do cinema score this week. But Emma, what is, what is your best guess that, uh, for the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie? I'll give you one hint. 125 reviews have been counted. So it does have a critic consensus. And we're just focusing on critics or are we considering everything? Starting with critics and then we'll do audience score. I think for critics, it would probably be maybe like 75%. All right. So we got you guessing 75. Will Ashen, what do, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to say 89%. So Will wins. Will was a bit closer. He was ah. a little too high. So it's 86%, right? As we're okay. recording this, it could still move, of course. But yeah, 86%. So Emma, I would have guessed around the same as you. I would have guessed like upper 70s. Because mm-hmm. um, I've seen some critics be kind of like cold on the movie, but... I'm happy that it's that high of a score. That's great. Yeah, it's great news. You like the movie, for sure. Uh, okay, audience score. So the hint for this is there's not a lot of verified ratings. It says 50 plus. Usually it's, you know, it can be as high as like 5,000 plus or whatever. But uh, 50 plus verified ratings. So these are people who it's verified that they saw the movie. I still don't understand technically how they verify that, but whatever. <laughs> uh, what, do, what do you think the audience score might be? Oh, boy. Um, because I feel like it is definitely a decisive film, I'm going to say that's probably lower, maybe like. Let's say like 67%. Okay, 67% is your guess. What about you, Will? Uh, This one's tricky, yeah, because I don't... I mean, like we said before, considering how divisive the movie is going to be in in principle, and I don't exactly know who it would be uh, tallied in this, but I'm going to go 66%. Uh, so you're you're in the you both are in the same ballpark, but you're both way off. This movie has an 82 percent audience wow. score right now. I guess people who really wanted to see this movie went and saw this movie. Then, <laughs> right? I think a lot of people saw like people who saw this at festivals because we are recording this like the day it's coming out. So not a lot of people like in the general public have watched this movie in theaters. So I think it, it might have gotten like a European release that I'm unaware of, something like that. But I think, yeah, that's probably the case. It's like these are like people who love film and have probably gone like done the effort to see this movie early. So it is a bit of a skewed sample. Definitely check it out. It's probably going to change and change and all that. But I think that's pretty promising. 82% is pretty high. That's I would pretty not good. That high. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. All right. Well, speaking of pretty good, I think this is a pretty good time for us to bow out. 
But Emma, we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your thoughts on Satan. It was really cool having you here. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is a very fun show, and hopefully I can come back on whenever you need me. Yeah, yeah whenever you want. Just send us a message like, all right, guys, I know you're going to mess up this review, so... No. <laughs> the pronunciation is going to be off. And hopefully the yeah. audience yeah. trusts me after I suggested Herbie Fully Loaded. Hopefully we have established a bond here. I think I think they'll trust you way more than you know otherwise, to be totally honest. <laughs> but we have some weird listeners. They're great. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll plug your Twitter in the show notes. But is there, yeah, is there anything else you want to plug for the listeners before we head out? You know what? I, I do uh, weekly reviews for Next Best Picture. So if you guys are ever interested in uh, reading my thoughts, I uh, tweet those out. And my Twitter is at Emma underscore Sasek. So let me know what you guys think of some of the movies that I see. Sounds great. Thanks again. Next week, we are going to be talking about, oh gosh, what are we talking about next week? We'll ask Barry for God what's coming out. Uh, Mass, well, Lamb, there's a few things. Last, yeah, I was going to say, duel. Last Duel and Halloween Kills are probably a big one. Halloween Kills yeah, is probably yeah. the biggest since that's going to be on Peacock as well. But the um, reviews, Will Ashton, I'm hearing it's garbage. I mean, we're going to yeah, see it. Yeah, but it's but, it's October. I mean, it's, it's Halloween season. So, yeah. yeah. We can't, I mean, we can't I review know. the first Halloween instead, like the John Carpenter if, first one. I mean, there's nothing in the rule book like Airbud uh, that says we can't. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll consult the Cinemaholics gods about that. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that movie most likely. There's also Mass. And uh, I don't know if I, I'm still hoping to talk to Matt Serafini about Muppets Haunted Mansion, Will. But I still I got to ask him. We'll see. We'll see if he says yes or hell yes. He would be one of those two. Almost certainly say yes, I think. So. <laughs> lots of stuff coming out it's gonna be a busy october but we'll see you all next week thanks again for listening uh if you like our show don't forget you can rate it on apple Podcasts. it's so easy and we actually will i haven't even told you this yet we got a few emails after that last call apparently we nice. we, 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 uh, oh. we got some people talking uh they're all uh, good emails maybe. don't worry okay i'll okay, share good, them with yeah. you shortly uh, right. but we'll, we'll do a little bit more listener feedback uh coming up soon but we're going to head out for now. So signing off uh, from the internet, California, I'm John Negroni. From the internet, Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. See you next time.